Cough it up, cough it up. Beyonce with Cuff It. Right, let's turn to the next part of today's brunch. Andrew Dambina catches up with visiting UK cookbook author and restaurant consultant Fuchsia Dunlop about her long-distance collaboration on a Sichuanese restaurant in Hong Kong that opened this year. I'm Fuchsia Dunlop and I'm a cook and author specialising in Chinese cuisine. And I'm here in Hong Kong after more than three years to spend some time with Grand Majestic Sichuan, with whom I've been working on a sort of culinary collaboration on a Sichuan menu. Well, that's where we're sitting right now, Fuchsia. Great to see you in person. Last time we had an interview, you were on video and you were part of the Hong Kong Literary Festival. But straight on to the collaboration here. What and how did you manage to collaborate with the head chef of this restaurant from such a distance? Well, I met Chris Mark, one of the founders of Black Sheep Restaurants, at a dinner by one of their visiting chefs in London, I think about 15 years ago. Ah. Um, and it was Zhao at Yu from, from Holy Fook. And we had a conversation and then he got in touch much later to suggest this. Obviously, it's been very inconvenient with the pandemic, not being able to come out here earlier. Obviously, I would have liked to have come for the opening, but we've been sort of having discussions and Zoom calls and exchanging material for some time, Mm. you know, working on the menu. And how long was the project in your preparation? It opened in January this year in Hong Kong. You were working with the head chef. How did you do things like tasting or how did it go using your recipes as opposed to what the restaurant and the head chef had in mind? Well, I think that I was providing ideas and suggestions and talking very specifically about dishes. So very much a collaboration. And of course, the head chef had plenty of ideas as well. So it was really also trying to shape the menu, what kind of dishes and what kind of story we wanted to tell about Sichuanese cuisine. And I wasn't able to physically taste the dishes. So I've seen photographs of them and discussed in detail the technique. But yes, it's had to wait until now for the tasting. So that's been pretty interesting. At the time of our recording, you've been here for a handful of days. Have you made suggestions that have been acted upon in the kitchen? I've been making suggestions. I'm going to be having a creative session in the kitchen, playing around with ingredients, trying out new things, and we'll see where we go from there. And what do you think of what you've tasted so far? Does it hit the kind of uh, taste buds in the way that you expected? Yeah, yeah. The idea was to show a range of Sichuanese flavors, so not just the mala flavor, the numbing and hot flavor, which it is so famous, Mm. but also some of those gentler, sort of sweeter flavors, the understated vegetable dishes, and to show that um, not just Sichuanese, but Chinese cuisine can be very balanced and healthy, as well as being electrifying on the taste buds. Well, when we spoke before the Hong Kong Literary Festival 2020, your book had come out, Food of Sichuan, in 2019. Are any of the items on the menu from that book? Yeah, some ideas like the steamed aubergine, a very kind of simple, rustic and delicious starter. So that's based on on one of those ideas. You know, several years of research around Sichuan went into that book. Having been writing about Sichuanese cuisine for over two decades since your first book came out in 2001, do you think that the misconception about the mala, the numbing and very, very fiery ingredients are still in place among people who want to eat and try Sichuan? one food? I think less than before, but I think still the most famous dishes are often the spiciest ones, the mm. hot pot, which has become so prevalent, yeah. um, the dramatic dishes like ladziji, chicken in a great pile of chilies. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still a lot to be said about you know the diversity of flavours, the different flavour combinations.
Could you give us one or two examples that are being served in this restaurant or from your book of uh, dishes that people may not be so familiar with unless they go deeply into Sichuanese cuisine? Well, I suppose, I mean, there's one flavour that people may have tasted but don't necessarily know what goes into it, which is yu xiang wei, fish fragrant flavour, right. um, which is sometimes translated as sea spice. Mm. And it's one of these curiosities and people are often puzzled because there's no fish in it. So what on earth is it called fish fragrant for? And actually what they say in Sichuan is that it uses the seasonings of traditional Sichuanese fish cookery, which is to say pickled chilies, ginger garlic, spring onion, a bit of sweet and sour. So it's one of those typically Sichuanese complex flavors, but um, there's no fish in it. There is one other explanation, which is that pickled chilies in Sichuan, in the past, sometimes people would pop one or two crucian carp, little silvery fish, into the pickle jar ah. to step up the umami flavors. But most people say it's because it's the seasonings of, of fish cookery. Now, of course, you're based in the UK. Is the prevalence of Sichuanese cuisine blossomed more so in recent years? Yeah, what's happened in the last few decades is that there have been so many more Chinese people, particularly young people, living, studying and working in Western countries. So you know, not just Britain, but also America and other European countries. That has completely changed the market for Chinese food. Mm. So in the past, the most sort of widespread food was this kind of Cantonese food, adapted for Western taste, which was kind of invented in America and formed the basis for menus in many places. But now there are more Chinese people who want to eat Chinese food on their own terms. Mm. And Sichuanese food has been wildly popular in China for, I don't know, about 20 years or maybe more. And um, so that fashion for Sichuan food and spicy food is then being reflected in overseas Chinese communities. So in London, I worked with another um, Sichuanese restaurant, Bar Shu, which opened in 2006. Mm. And it was really interesting because right at the beginning, we were able to take the decision not to compromise, not to have the sort of very cliched dishes like crispy duck, which everyone expected on yeah. standard Chinese restaurant menus in London, but to say, we're just going to do Sichuanese food. The owner who's Chinese knew there were so many Chinese people in London who were desperate for Sichuan restaurant to open. So mm. he would have this core of Chinese customers and then everyone else could kind of jump along for the ride and that's what happened and I think the same thing is happening in Los Angeles in New York all over the place so something of a revolution or more widespread interests in Sichuanese food but your other uh, love is in Jiangnan cuisine which is from the east of China and we're not talking about the Shanghai restaurants that there are many of around the world it's wider than that isn't it yeah so Shanghai this kind of modern metropolis um, is just the, you know the best known and most international city of China's probably most historic gastronomic region. Mm. I mean, most of the um, food writers of the past from the Song Dynasty onwards, that's from like the 13th century onwards, came from this region. Mm. Uh, most of the classic cookbooks were from this region. It has a absolutely strong gastronomic tradition and many fine ingredients like the hairy crabs, which are so yeah. popular in Hong Kong at the moment, Jinhua ham, Zhenjiang vinegar, Shaoxing wine, they're mm. all from this region. My interest in Chinese gastronomic culture led me there. It's a regional style of cooking, which a bit like Cantonese is sort of lighter in its flavors than Sichuanese, mm. but also incredibly sophisticated. And it's also a way of understanding Chinese food culture and gastronomy more generally, because 
the sort of themes and ideas expressed in Jiangnan cooking are you know, present to, to some extent all over Chinese cuisine. So with Shanghainese restaurants that you've been to, I mean, there are many in Hong Kong, but in other parts of the world as well, perhaps, do you think that they're sometimes missing some of those subtleties? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that uh, one of the things about the food of the Jiangnan region is that um, they it, there's a great emphasis on fresh seasonal ingredients, mm. and they have an extraordinary array of seafood and also freshwater foods, so things like freshwater crabs and eels and shrimps yeah. and water vegetables mm. like you know water chestnut and water bamboo, yeah. um, and many of these ingredients are quite hard to find abroad. Um, so you're always going to have only sort of some of the recipes that are possible to recreate outside the region. Because the flavors are more delicate, it doesn't immediately grab your attention like Sichuanese food. Mm. But it's also just about patterns of immigration because I think, I mean, certainly in Britain, we just haven't had chefs from the Jiangnan region, right. you know, on the market for cooking in restaurants. Are, are there even Shanghai restaurants, Shanghainese uh, cuisine restaurants in the UK? No. So there was one restaurant in Chinatown ages ago which did a menu of, of mm. Shanghainese and Jiangnan dishes for a while, right. but I don't think it really caught on. And I have a couple of Shanghainese friends in London who do supper clubs um, and s some of these kind of activities. Yeah. So they're bringing it to attention. But it is interesting that, for example, um, New York, um, they have... Uh, some old school Shanghainese restaurants mm. which have been around for some time but there's also several new places which are showcasing the food of this region. You know, people are people abroad are becoming more aware of the Jiangnan region. But I think one of the things I've said, you know, said is that I think um, the thing about Sichuanese cuisine is that it's one of the, the styles that travels best mm. because the heart and soul of Sichuanese cooking lies in the combination of flavours. So you need a core selection of ingredients which which include doubanjang, chili and broad bean paste, certain kinds of dried chilies, Sichuan pepper, of course. And once you've added these to your basic Chinese repertoire, you can cook Sichuanese food. And um, many classic dishes like fish fragrant uh, flavor. So although perhaps the most famous classic Sichuan dish is Yuxiang Rosa, fish fragrant pork slivers, but the same flavor is also used for aubergines, mm. um, you can use it for seafood, you can use it with all kinds of different ingredients, and you can also use it and other Sichuanese flavor combinations with ingredients they don't have in Sichuan. So for example, here in Hong Kong, you can use the same flavor techniques with local seafood, which is fantastic. So I think that Sichuan food, it, in a way, it's surprising that it hasn't caught on long ago mm. in other countries. Again, it's probably about immigration because, you know, certainly in um, America and Britain, most of the immigrants until quite recently, the vast majority were from the Cantonese South, mm. so that they brought that tradition with them. Right. So apart from, um, let's say, in, in this restaurant and also others that have been going on for two-plus decades with great success in Hong Kong, where seafood is a big part of what's on the menu, is there anything else that people can look forward to here at the Grand Majestic Sichuan? Something using ingredients unexpectedly or anything else with a little twist? Well, I think we're trying to not just have the sort of famous mala dishes and the, all the famous dishes, but also show 
showing some of the subtler vegetable dishes and having a really balanced menu. And I think also, as hopefully mainland China opens up, we're hoping to do some trips with the team to Chengdu and sort of seeking inspiration there. So that, mm. that's something to look forward to. Ah, perfect. You're here for some special dinners and for some tasting and testing. What lies ahead for uh, for this restaurant beyond the staff going to China and you being able to come back a little more easily than in the last year? Well, I hope to keep refreshing the menu and, you know, developing dishes, introducing new ingredients. Mm. Yeah, so, and, and I'll be back as well um, to work with the team. Okay, well, thanks very much, uh, Fuchsia Dunlop. Thank you. And that was Fuchsia Dunlop, a long-time UK-based cookbook author and restaurant consultant. Uh, remotely at times, as we just heard when she spoke at Grand Majestic Sichuan Restaurant uh, on Hong Kong Island with Andrew Dambina, our wonderful brunch and uh, food and drinks correspondent. Thank you so much, Andrew.